Willis. Yeah, buddy. My guy. It's great to see you, sir. Man, it's great to see you as well here in the in the bunker of truth. Love to be here in the bunker of truth. Oh, I missed bunking. it dearly. As did I. And I have to say, sir, congratulations. Good work. Quality craftsmanship last week on the on the first solo pod in the history of the We Need to Talk podcast. Good job on that, man. Thank you, sir. It was it was difficult. I'm not gonna lie. It was challenging. Um, not having my partner in crime here, uh, but we made it through okay. Uh, with minimal casualties, yeah, uh, except one casualty. W- what casualty was that? Was that was that you off in the woods getting bit up by the mosquitoes in nah, the opening? It's the no. one who caught them them bullets. Oh, <laughs> yo, man, you went right for the head, man. You went for the kill shot. Listen, man. I was done fucking around. You know, dude, what I mean, he is not, but you, but we surely are. Sure. You know, um, as as. As all of you know, I was off in the woods uh, building forts, tying knots, and cooking beans mm, all week long. Just like I predicted. Just as you for- foretold. Uh, and you, uh, in your amazing breakdown uh, of not only your 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 takedown, forget breakdown, the, your takedown of one Bob, uh, you, you, you very expertly retold your experience. For the Kanye West listening party for the Donda album, mm. which I really much appreciated as somebody who was not able, because I am old and washed and couldn't stay up that late. I was very appreciative of you really living that experience and retelling it for us all. I have one I have one quandary, one little sticky widget that I'd like to do address you, with do you. Do you now? Yeah. Uh, what is it? You left out quite possibly the most interesting part of this whole Don- Kanye West Donda experience. Oh, that's the fact that our man's kind easy is is still living at the Mercedes Benz Stadium. <laughs> that is, uh, you know, I I don't know if I was totally aware of it. When I I the do pod forgive you recorded because the pod was <laughs> what five days after. Yeah, it was, it was after a few days after. Yeah, and I don't yeah. know if they had released it yet that Kanye didn't go home on Friday or Saturday or Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, ladies and gentlemen. He he didn't go home Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday. He's he our man's still is living in what looks to be a a, a one room prison cell. It doesn't look that much different than what I'd imagine a CIA black site to look like, dude. It looks like the, in the beginning of uh, of Tenant, what like. What the what the main character uh, is staying in when he has to wait when he changes out and he's like waiting in the, to be picked up in a boat and it's essentially yeah a black site right he's just like laying wait waiting to be picked up for his next covert job my my man Kanye is is about his business right now he is hard on the grind trying to get this work wrapped up and completed we know the the dude is a perfectionist so it doesn't surprise me at all that. He's been there day, literally day and night, trying to work out the finest details of this new album. But in the stadium? Look, I, I've heard of living in the studio. In the stadium? My man brought the studio to the stadium. Does it really have the best acoustics in the studio? Does it have like a studio set up in there? Well, see, it's funny you mention acoustics because I think... Where his mind is at with this this move? <laughs> you think where his mind is at now? Now, obviously, this 
could be way off and probably is but it's kanye we're talking about right there is no way any any human can figure out what's in his brain however i'm thinking he's preparing for like a tour or or at least preparing for this listening event uh this second listening event that's scheduled for tomorrow night uh the fourth uh the fifth he wants to know what it sounds like when it hits in an arena you know what I mean? Like you and I have seen, we have witnessed a Kanye West concert in person. Yeah, it was. You know, it was an amazing experience. It, it was an amazing experience, and those songs hit different when you're in a huge, like fifteen thousand seat arena. How did it hit in a slightly smaller, maybe seven thousand seat <laughs> Gamble Pavilion? Let me tell you, in stores, Connecticut. It uh, hit circa 2004. I I give that show a nine. Um, only the only issue was there was um a little audio problems. <laughs> yeah, a little. <laughs> my my man, my man's mic wasn't working. He was yeah. not. My bad, everybody. I'm sorry still to Kanye West for fucking up his sound at at the Spring Weekend concert 2004 UConn. So I think what the problem is here is applying logic to anything that the man does. I don't know if he's like, I want to hear what it sounds like in a studio or in a stadium. I think he's just like, why don't I just stay here? (laughs) Like, well, I'm already here. I might as well just I might as well just live here. And he went to like like a, a soccer game. The Atlanta United game in like the same like plush red fit, with, replete with like the stocking cap. Yes, he yes. The, uh, the dude. See, this is where I like to be with Kanye. He's just so ridiculous and stupid that it's fun again. And please, we need fun again, Kanye in 2021. Oh, Lord, do we need it, man? I, oh, like, my I'm God. waiting. Look, and just on a small tangent from one to ten. Oh, how do you rate the red puffy jacket <laughs> on a scale of one to ten yeah like ten being i'm copping it the first day and one being just fucking throw it in the trash i generally give somebody like kanye and his fits i i, I cannot rate them because i'm like well it's a look i think it looks good like i'm here for it like a seven good or like no, a nine good? I would like usually a- give it a nine, something like that uh-huh. for Kanye. But like uh, two of those points is just like the audacity to wear it. And actually, to be honest with you, that fit on listening night was an eight. The fact that he wore it like however many days later, but ladies and gentlemen, the same exact fit with the same exact stocking cap that comes over his entire face and head. I give that a 10. The fact that he wore it again. How many fits are you fitting in that one suitcase that he has in his in his not a lot in his not many not many. So I'm here for it. I'm absolutely only fits the one coat. I mean everything else he's probably just buying daily. So he he put on the pants. Yeah, he was like, well, I'm not gonna put on these pants and not put on the jacket. He put on the the jacket and is about to walk out the door, and that that mask that stocking cap mask. Was hanging from like a locker room hanger, <laughs> or like you know what it was? It was one of those like sticky things, those 3M sticky hooks. Yeah, <laughs> that they put up just so we could hang a stocking cap and his fitted hats. And he looked at that, and he and he looked at the door, and he looked back, and, and Willis, what did he say 
And as he reached for, for his mask, for his stocking cap, he reached across and grabbed it off the 3M hook, my mans. Let's go! Let's go, he said. <laughs> Our man said, let's go. He put in that second cap because he said, if it's good for the goose, it's good for the gander. And ladies and gentlemen, you are listening right now to the entire motherfucking gander, whatever that may be. The whole goddamn the gander. The whole damn gander. We are coming with the smoke, the heat, all of the fire because I am returning after a one-week layover, ladies <laughs> and gentlemen. <laughs> I am full of beans. Full of shit and full of smoke emitting after out of every orifice and tube that I got. And my man's right here is my man's. I'm your boy, Felix. I'm sitting across from your man's Willis. Oh, yes. And he is fresh off the jet. He is fresh off the jet. Kunichiwa, bitches. You already know. From the West Coast. Some may say the best coast. The West Side. Just hopping back from Cali. Big shout out to... L.A. County, Orange County, big things, big things out there. But you know what? I'm back. Mm. I'm back to the Rhode Island. Wow. And I love, I love to be back. Um, and I am also back here in the bunker of truth. The bunker of truth in the North End, Westerly, Rhode Island, USA. We are back, y'all. We need to talk. And this is episode. Look at you. What's number three? Yo, we are forty three. Forty. Fucking three. You, I, look, I cannot understand how we made it 43 episodes. No. But I'm sh- just as shocked as you all. And uh, I also am slightly excited. So the thing about 43 is that it is nine away, Willie. It is nine away from the 52. And the 52 is extra special because that will be our one year Podiversary, and we have brought this heat week after week after week, including when I was off stuffing my face with beans and our man still carried the torch. What do we got tonight, boy? Episode 43. Shout out to my man, Chris Humphreys. Whoa! Going back, ex Bo of Kim Kardashian. Yeah, man. Remember that saga? So, so. <laughs> So, shout wow. out Chris Humphreys had a, a cup of coffee and a half in the NBA. Had some good moments, but his best moments were, let's keep it real, or his best moments were on the E! Network. So Yeah, sure let's were. Just, let's just get that out there right now. But look, I am so happy we're back together, reunited, and it feels so good. It does feel so good. You can also catch us on the interwebs. At WN2TPod. You can find us on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. However you want it, you can get it. Are we on Parlor? Uh Parlor. Did they refuse our, our invitation on Parlor? The uh We we, <laughs> the had, now... we had an account. Yeah. 
Uh, but they sh- they shut the whole shit down. Before so we could really get things popping. I mean, we were, we were going crazy on Parler. It was it was wild. It was viral. But uh, unfortunately, the the app is not available anymore. So you cannot find us on Parler. But you can find us out in these streets. You absolutely can always 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 find us in these streets, especially the North End streets where we love to lay our head and call home and rock the heat. Can we get some heat? Can we bring the heat tonight, Willis? Uh, look. As the pitter-patter of rain strikes your air conditioner here mm. in the bunker of truth, mm. I would like to get some sizzle on that on those shops right now. Look, we're about, to, heat. we're about to put some spice down right now. Let's do and, it. Uh, speaking of spice, oh. out of my Cali uh, trip, I had maybe the hottest pepper I've ever put in my mouth. Whoa. I, okay. We, we this got, is new. So... Just one small anecdote from the trip. Please give me. I, I went out. Give me all the anecdotes. <laughs> well, we don't have time for all of them, but I'll, just, I'll give you one short one. We went out Southern California. I have a lifelong friend that lives out there. Um, a great dude. And one of the things I wanted to do while we were out there was get Mexican food. Oh yeah, because 100. I mean, uh, other than living like eating in Mexico itself, the best Mexican food in America is in Southern California. So I was like, look, we need to find. The best Mexican food you can find me. It must be made by Mexicans. We need the Browns. I don't need uh, Sally and, <laughs> Karen, and uh, Karen, Jordan. Karen and Brad no. making my enchiladas. You feel no, me? No, 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 no. So we went to this spot. I don't even know the name of it because I didn't get it. But they came back with bags, bags and bags full of the most delicious Mexican food I think I've ever had in my oh, life. Oh man, that's dope. The dopest tacos, the enchiladas, and in with the food as part of the garnish, they put some peppers, whole peppers, dried or uh, just fre- like crunchy crunch. Let's do it. It was like like a fresh pepper. It looked, uh, yeah, uh, it was uh, like the, like they pulled it off the vine and sautéed it a little bit and threw it in the in the box. Okay, so now yeah, yeah, yeah. So my man was like, yo, just uh, take a bite of this pepper. Tell me what you think. Now, is this henchman or this razor? Is, this is henchman. That's it. This sounds like a henchman. Yeah, this is a henchman's thing. So, uh, of course, uh, taking his recommendation, I did. I took a bite of that pepper. I bit like half of it. Let me tell you, man. <laughs> within about 30 seconds, my body temperature started to raise uh, very quickly. And within 45 seconds, I was having a hard time total, catching, catching my breath. Total, like, system shutdown. <laughs> it was, I mean, it, you know, all the seeds, all the seeds were in the pepper, too. Like, Dude. that's that's where you get a lot of that heat yeah, is in the sure seeds. Yeah, you sure do, yeah. Yeah, for, like, a good 10 minutes, I just, there was no satisfying, like, I, it didn't matter. I was drinking water. I was drinking milk. I felt like I was on like that hot one show where I eat the fucking wings. It was like that, bro. Uh, but after it was done, I, I was like, man, that wasn't bad. <laughs> it, wasn't- <laughs> it, was, it was like the taste wasn't bad. The heat, I'll never do it again. It was, it was probably the spiciest thing I have in my life. So, except so, for this pod. Except, except, except for, for this podcast. Pod. This yeah. pod has those peppers. It's full on of, lock. It's on. It's we, we're the seeds. We are the hot. The, we the are the spicy seeds, seeds in that spicy pepper of that of the hottest pepper on the p- 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 planet. You already know. So can I just say yes. an anecdote to your anecdote? Oh, yes. Uh, henchman. Yes. For those who know. Yes. Uh, but my favorite memory of hench of the henchman 
is uh, one time we were at a, uh, a, 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 a festive a festive event. Yes. It was a party. Yeah. And um, somebody, a, a young lady, could not open her beer. Yes. It was in a glass bottle. And he's like, oh, I'll open it for you. And he grabbed the beer bottle out of her hand. And he bit the entire <laughs> top of the bottle off the beer. Ladies and gentlemen, what I'm saying to you is, if you're listening to the words coming out of my mouth, going to the microphone, recording on that their laptop, and then being downloaded and listening on your listening devices tomorrow and the next day or a week after that, the man grabbed the beer bottle and bit the entire top off the, the neck of a glass bottle, spit it out, gave it back to My her. man said, fuck the cap. Took it all I'm taking off. the whole top of the bottle off my teeth. Nobody and lives life like that. spit it out. Man. And handed it back to the original owner of the beer. Who was just like, like uh, oh. Well, well, now I can't drink <laughs> this because there's shards of glass in it. And now I'm horrified. <laughs> and now I want to leave. <laughs> so anyway, shout out to Henchman. Shout out to Razor. I wish I was able to go out uh, with y'all out there to the best coast. But um, I had to go cook some beans, bro. I had to cook them beans. You know, they're not going to cook themselves. The hole's not going to get dug by itself. And those beans aren't getting loaded in by themselves. So right. here we are. We're ready to uh, to deliver the heat and the spice of that then bear pepper that you had. Um, we like to shout out uh, some some local faves, right? Yes, I think sir. we have um, a reoccurring fave, but a fave nonetheless because what we have is a, a first of what I hope to be many type of uh, events down at our very own Creme de la creme, the pearl in our clam. The United Theater having its first little art exhibit in its ve- in its kind of in its renaissance. And it's I, I wanted to call it its young life, but it's 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 like its second life. It's revitalization. It's, wow, man, that's a that's a fucking million dollar word. I bet Damn that right. I bet that word cost Chuck Royce a couple million. That revitalization. Oh, I bet it did. I bet it <laughs> sure did. did. So what do we got coming up there, Willie? So we have the first exhibition in the new gallery at the United Theater, and it's going to be opening for. It's called Faces of Westerly, and it's a portrait series from. Friend of the pod, friend of the pod, Westerly resident Josh Behan. Um, this this has uh, portraits of different artists, different musicians, business leaders, community leaders, um, pizza chefs, uh, <laughs> and and uh, it's it's a free gallery. Um, it opens August fourteenth, Saturday at seven p.m. Um, there's going to be uh, at this event. It's actually free, but there is a suggested donation of $10. Reach into that pocket. Come on. Now. Yeah. I mean, at least $10 you should be given for all the stuff they're going to be offering you. Um, and, and on this Saturday evening show, there's going to be a reception and a little speaking program uh, called Voices of Westerly with some storytelling and music uh, featuring some of Westerly's most talented residents. Yo, uh, yo Willie, are you going to be there? Uh, I did you I, get a, Are you gonna be? I, are you a voice of Westerly? I am a voice of Westerly. Did you hold? On, did you get an invite to the to speak at the voice of Westerly? I did not get an invite. Hold on, let me look. Let me. Let me can look you check? My, can I'm you check? Out, I'm checking the, out. I'm checking on the mail. Uh, yeah. Wait, what, where would you keep the mail? Uh, the ma- uh, it's um under the uh, nuclear engineering. Okay, house. hold on. Let me look. Yeah. Yeah. So there's no invitation under here. Oh. Did we get an invitation? 
Um, Let me look over here. You keep talking. Must, look over here. You know, I haven't been in the state in a few days, so it's probably stacked up. It's in probably mail. in the mailbox. It's probably, it's in, probably the in the mailbox. Box. Yeah, I'm gonna go check the mail. You uh, you keep talking about. Okay, that. you yeah, check the mail. Go ahead. Uh, so shout out to to Josh. Um, I've seen some of these portraits. They're all fucking fantastic. And the man. He is super talented, and he is a friend of the pod, and we have to support our family. And I will say. Um, one of my favorite Josh Behan things is every time he listens to a new Kanye West album, he slides my DMs and lets me know. <laughs> Great. <laughs> just Great. just sent me a message about a podcast he's listening to about the uh, My Own Dark, Twisted, Beautiful Fantasy, blah, blah, blah. And I'm just like, Josh, I love you, bro. I want to know all of your <laughs> – all you, as you move and, and progress through your Kanye standom, sir – I am here for it. Please, I want to know how you do every step of the way. So, yeah, it's it's funny you should mention that that Kanye stuff because the album is supposed to drop on Friday. Donda. Donda. Yeah, wow. So wow, wow. we may have next week on the pod, number 4-4, four, four, we may have some fresh critiques of the new Donda album Ooh. by... Your boy and your man's. Oh, oh, listen, I don't even want to think about it yet because because <laughs> we know how he works. You're right. It, this it, could just drop tonight. It could drop tonight. We have no idea. Or it could drop in September. Right? Yeah. Or it could drop next year. September Who the hell 2022. Knows? So, shout out, uh, Josh. Shout out, United Theater. Uh, Willis, I have a shout in. A shout in. I have a shout in. This is a new concept. This for is us. a new thing. And I'm, I'm not quite sure what it is, but I'm I'm intrigued. So a shout out by by you know it is when you essentially you use your platform and uh-huh. your voice literally yep. to uh, uh, give congratulations, reward, credence, any what about to people or places or or projects that you want to support. Right. I'm going the opposite way on something, and uh, it's for a band, a band called Weezer. Okay. So don't worry. You're I you're you're concerned and I know why. <laughs> it's because here in the year of our Lord twenty twenty one, I don't think you want to bear witness or subject our listeners to Felix ranting about fucking Weezer. Um but you know sometimes how like have you ever had a moment or moments when you feel like this is either specifically for you or specifically made to fucking trigger slash piss you off yes i am familiar with that feeling and you almost feel like it's the truman show sure where you're like is like this your universe around. is playing a trick on you you're, you're like looking yeah. around and you're like stop it right now if this is a show and the, all of you are in on it stop the ride i want to get off right i'm done or keep the ride going i love this shit yeah <laughs> for me that is weezer so i just want to say I used to be a, a huge Weezer fan back in the 90s and early 2000s. Big Blue Album fan, big Pinkerton fan, whatever. I'm an old hipster. And then they went off a cliff. And they have been, from my estimation, one of the worst uh, uh, bands that we have making the art for the past 20 years, basically. And what Weezer has decided to do is make four cover albums or four albums where they take on the stylings of a specific band or okay. act. And they haven't said what all four are going to be. Um, but they're going to call the four of them set Seasons. Four Seasons. <laughs> they're so clever. fucking clever. Um, 
And they've announced three out of the four. One of them is Franz Ferdinand, which hey, I think everybody popped their head to. Take me out. Bang, 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 bang. Fun and guitar here, at least. And I, ha- I have probably at least three Franz Ferdinand albums. I don't stand Franz Ferdinand, but I'm here for him. Okay. The other two albums, or the other two seasons, are The Strokes and Elliot Smith. Okay. And if, if anybody knows that much about me, Elliot Smith, I absolutely adore. I listen to him multiple times a week. And The Strokes is like one of those formative bands for Felix. So I just want to put out there, fuck you, Weezer. Stop trying to get me back. Stop doing this to me. Stop the fucking ride I want to get off. Do not do an album where you act like you're Elliot fucking Smith. And if you even know, do you know who Elliot Smith is, honestly? No idea. When we're done, if you want to, just go into Spotify and listen to one Elliot Smith song. Okay. His, his, his most famous moment was... He was nominated for an Oscar for a Goodwill Hunting song called Miss Misery. All right. Which he played at the Oscars wearing a full white suit. Okay. It's like a, one of those like kind of famous hipster like, hey guys, we made it. Elliot Smith is playing at the Oscars. Uh, probably three or four years later, Elliot Smith stabbed himself in the heart. And killed Literally? Himself. Literally stabbed himself in the heart to kill himself. God, Yeah, bro. man. My man Elliot Smith was, no, was not fucking around with that. So anyway, long story Serious long. Shit, fuck you, Weezer. Stop doing this to me. Stop doing all of this to all of us. And then I saw today that they're that they're covering Enter Sandman. <laughs> That's on their a, fourth on one? A, No, like I think it's just like Metallica 40 year like out like so Metallica's coming up on their 40 year anniversary. If you want to have a three hour deep pod with me, let's talk about how I feel about Metallica. Oh, man. But they they they're about to be 40 years old, just like you man's. <laughs> It was like me uh, in about three or four weeks here. And um, they're coming out with a covers album where I think other artists are covering Metallica songs and Weezer's doing Enter Sandman. Okay. Check me out of all this shit. Check me out of all of it. I've never I've never been a big fan of like uh, tribute albums, uh, whether it's a band doing a whole, say, like concept album uh, as a tribute to another artist or the compilation of of different artists doing songs of the same artist never been a big fan like they, i've they've done them over the years for various legends and you know they, it never seems to do the original artist justice it's always just like okay it's tough so it's to, always tough so to give a specific shout out friend friend of the pod and friend in real life glenn kenzia um, who plays in the band Wild Sun and also has his own solo career as Glenn Thomas. Um, he played at my wedding, for instance. Uh, the guy who played in the beginning of my wedding. Yep. Um, he's on a, coincidentally, an Elliott Smith tribute album. <laughs> so, like, yeah, uh, uh, mileage may vary. And I agree with you. Like, there can be some, like, songs that are like, oh, wow, I like this person's take on this on this piece. Um but by and large, they can be. It, it depends on a lot of things. It depends on who it is. It depends on what the bands or acts are. It depends. It depends. It depends. But covers are tough, you know, because covers are either you're either doing a reimagining and everybody's like fuck you when you're reimagining, or you're just doing a, a perfect play by play reconstruction. That's why I hated Weezer's <laughs> Toto cover because it sounds exactly. It sounds uh, like no, Africa's Toto. Yeah. It's, so there, what's there the point? No difference. What is the point, sir? Stop it. Shout in. I agree. Shout in. 
Uh, <laughs> First official shout in on the shout We Need in. to Talk podcast. Uh, all right. Well, all right. So we're going to go from uh, from Felix's uh, disdain for Weezer covers. Stop it! To uh, another segment that we do on this this sh- illustrious show. Um, we like to make mention of people that have done great things, things that we respect, things that we uh stan and um this week is a woman who is familiar to most of you uh she is someone who's been on the music scene for for uh, quite a while now she she came out uh early 2000s uh as a fresh-faced uh beautiful young barbadian barbadian barbados barbados barbadosian barbadosian don't think so. I don't think any of this sounds right. No. Anyway, she's from Barbados. She sounds right, though. She, she oh, sounds she right. She sounds right. She, she looks right. She looks right. She acts right. Damn. And damn, y'all, she is getting that guap. <laughs> she, she is she is stacking that paper like few ever have. Matter of fact, she is sta- stab- you got stacking it. that paper like no other woman in history has. Yeah, uh-huh. Yep, not and the milestone she reached first self made billionaire. Billion I'm sorry. Did you say billion with a ba 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 B? That's right. B. She B. is the richest female musician on and, earth right now. And what and what is she? What is she to us, Willis? What is she? Uh she is uh, a queen. Yeah, she is a, uh, a a leader, and to the we need to talk podcast family, she is our cousin of the week. Ka 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 ka. He see me have a cousin of the week. He see me do it da 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 da. So come on, baby cousin of the week. Rihanna, you're our cousin. We kind of made you the cousin, cause you are a billion fucking air, and we need somebody to pay for the catering. <laughs> <laughs> uh-huh. where, 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 where? Can I? Ready. Uh, yeah, we ha- we took two weeks off. Well, I took a week. I took one week <laughs> off. Very short, very short anecdote. Down in Mexico, yeah, partying it up, yeah, with 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 the wife, future wife, then fiance, uh, uh, brother in law, future brother in law, family, 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 down yeah. there, and uh, 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 right off the coast of Cancun. I'll remember the the name of the island eventually. Um, and. We were looking for a party. It was after hours. The bars had closed down. We couldn't find an open bar or a club. We wanted around. We were trying to find locals to be like, yo, where's the party at? Where's the party at? They shut the shutters in our face. No, no party here. I'm like, God damn it. And then we were driving around on a golf cart all over the island. And uh, uh, we stopped and we listened. And off in the distance, boom, 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 and we followed the, the siren call of work 
and found this like after hours, dirty, grimy, sweat dripping, yeah. tequila pouring, cerveza spraying, grinding on the, the dance floor, wall to wall. You couldn't move an inch except for if you were moving with the crowd type of after hours club on Ilo Mujeres. Speak to our cousinette, Rihanna. Rihanna is our cousin of the week. And ladies and gentlemen, sometimes we need a cousin who can just foot the bill. Who can sign at the bottom of page whatever when we're leaving the club. And she's got us, yo. Because our girl has got $1.77 billion with a B dollars in the bank. She is a second, she earned, she's the second highest paid woman. One behind the, the, the empress of all, Oprah. And she is the highest paid uh, uh, singer of, of, I mean, I don't even know who could possibly, and, and most of that is due to her savvy business acumen that has gotten her stacks on stacks with her relationship with Fenty and her, this empire that she's built this, this, this girl from the streets of Barbados, bro. Um, we love to see it when she walks into the, we need to talk barbecue nobody is upset about it nobody is upset nobody's upset she has universal approval rating male and female alike there's one person in my household who loves rihanna more than me and that is my wife i think my wife is more attracted to rihanna than i am that's uh, totally understandable and she's she's one of the most attractive people on the planet and not only her her looks is what makes her attractive but you know her music is is undeniable um, the last album she put out, Anti, is one of my favorite records of all time. Damn. Every, every song. I mean, it was an absolutely fabulous record. Absolutely. Every song, total banger. Um, but, you know, she, the things that she does as far as her business, you know, Fenty Beauty um, is a line that is super inclusive. Um, and that's that's a, uh, a through line through all of her businesses, uh, whether it's the, the makeup or the Savage X Fenty, the lingerie. You know, they, they uh, make those for all women of all sizes. And not only do they make them for women of all sizes, but, you know, the models that she puts in her fashion shows, all different sizes. She's not just putting skinny minis out there. She's putting, yeah. you know, regular sizes. Dark skinned women. Dark skinned women, light skinned women, yep. all shades. Uh, her, her makeup is for all shades. She's putting out uh, makeup for, for women that didn't normally have. Uh, a representation out there mm-hmm. it was very hard for them to find the right shades uh the, the right uh materials and you know that is uh something that she's brought to the forefront and it look it the the market was missing it and it's been proven in the success of her business and not only that but uh she's had um she's moving on to perfume now She's moving on. To, you, know, she, you know, she sold her business to uh, to Louis Vuitton for like uh, hundreds of millions of dollars. Uh, so she's doing all this um, away from the music game. Mm-hmm. Um, she's obviously taken a long time to get her businesses going, and she's more successful than than anyone. L- anybody, anyone. She's, she's thirty three years old. Oh, you love it. Okay. That tells you, you know, if you really have a vision and a mind for something, you can't let other people tell you how to do it. You, if you, if you feel that in your heart, that gut, 
go on and and keep pushing forward because if you have a vision and you have the means to make it happen, you got to keep pushing because I'm sure when she started out, when she started out, she made her first record, um, you know, uh, whatever it was, Mr. DJ or whatever that fuck. Uh, she had no clue at that time when she was 18, 19 years old that she was going to be a billionaire. She was just trying to get a single out. You know what oh, I mean? Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. And, and through hard work, dedication, persistence, and just being yourself. You know, like, I don't think there's any more, um, or any, any artist out there that gives less of a fuck than she does. Dude, you know what I she mean? She's a singular personality. She has that kind of like character about her that I would put her up with like Jack Nicholson and like Frank Sinatra. Just this cult of personality type of person. Prince. Um, I, I am not blushing or batting an eye when I put her amongst like what many would consider all time great hangs. <laughs> you know oh, what yeah. I mean? Like she, she does not give a single absolute fuck. She is strong. She is smart. It seems like when she does her own little like Fenty, like lingerie plugs on her Instagram, she just literally gets, gets like a product. You know what I mean? And just is like, I'm just going to fucking put this on <laughs> yeah, and and just shoot my own little quick, like Instagram, whatever, like not an ad, but essentially it's an, at this point, anything that artists like her puts on Instagram as an ad. Uh, but she, it's not like edited. Great. It's not like shot perfectly. It, there's no soundtrack that costs a million dollars. She just put on her Fenty and this is like hitting the angles. <laughs> She's like, yo, I got a new foundation. Here's what it looks like. And she puts it on it herself. Is, it's, uh, I got it a new is. lipstick. It, it, it's really dope. Here, check it out. It's on my lips right now. And I, listen, <laughs> obviously she's attractive to look at, but it. I will watch those those Instagram lives sometimes in those videos just because she's so – she her personality is just so uh, – what's that called? Uh, uh, you're drawn to it. It's so magnetic. It's engaging. Of course I don't know anything about makeup, but I'll watch her put on makeup because I'm like, damn, look at her put on that fucking makeup, yeah. bro. And like not only that, but like you're constantly seeing pictures of her like hanging out in like regular clubs, eating in regular restaurants, her and ASAP Rocky like out at like some like dive bar. Dude, you know top I mean? tier like beautiful couple by the way. Oh, he's a yeah. beautiful man too. Sure. Man. He's, like, I mean cut. the two of them, man – Damn, His kid, features are out. unbelievable, man. Um, so shout out, shout, <laughs> yeah, ah! shout out to Rihanna. I mean, she doesn't need any more publicity, but of all the uh, things that she's probably proud herself about, um, you know, the Forbes article that announced her her new uh, billionaire status and being inducted into the uh, cousin of the week here at the We Need to Talk podcast. I mean, yes, come on, what's yes, better? Yes, there is nothing better, y'all. Tell me, am I right? Um, Felix, my guy. Oh my guy! While I was gone, a lot and, of shit went uh, down. A lot of shit went down, and one of the most exciting times of the NBA calendar year uh, happened uh, in the last couple days. And what we're referring to is uh, free agency. Free agency. So, for those that aren't aware, of what free agency is? Uh, so. Every NBA player has a contract, and that contract expires. Uh, say your contract expires this year, it's always on the same date. Mm-hmm. So that date is like July 
31st or 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 is it sometime in the in that area august august 1st second something like mm-hmm. that it changes from year to year but uh it's an extremely busy time in the nba world because you have teams um uh getting their roster ready to make moves you might have some trades say to make room to sign somebody uh new to your team and it it's also exciting for the players because uh you know it, it allows them to kind of like look around choose their new city um talk to different teams see where they might fit um uh, and it it's an exciting time for us as fans because um you know the is they're kind of shuffling the the dice up a little bit here uh the the players that we've come to know and love that were on last year's team may be on a new team this year and it's a time where we can look at our own team the New York Knickerbockers and see what kind of direction they be they may be headed in if it's uh something that we uh approve of maybe sometimes we we uh see something that we may or may not like and but you don't really know how it's going to translate into the actual basketball plan so what we want to do for y'all tonight is kind of make some predictions and and gauge what we've seen the last few days as far as uh free agent signings uh trades that may have freed up money or or trades that um have changed the look of certain teams so we're gonna look at the the free agent moves of uh this past week and what we're gonna give you is uh three choices we've we've each picked three players what we're going to do is we're going to tell you what we think the best signing was. Mm. We're going to tell you what we think the worst signing was. Wah, wah. And we're going to give you a signing that we think is sneaky good. Sneaky. Right? A signing that may be under the radar a little bit, Just but little may bit. have more impact than people maybe expect. Yes. Sir. Oh, hey, what's up? Would you like to start us off tonight? I would love to start. You want to start off with the with order my favorite is? Sure. Because, I mean, not for nothing, we generally have the least to say about the thing we like the most. <laughs> right, right, right. We got a lot of smoke for the shit we don't like. So my favorite signing uh, was for somebody that I, I was hoping would become a Knickerbocker. Okay. Um, And my, expe- my thing was I, I thought wherever he ended up, the team that he ended up with, was going to be better for it. And all the teams that I heard were interested in him all could definitely use a player like him. And that's Lonzo Ball. Oh, Lonzo wow. Ball okay. to the Chicago Bulls. When I saw that he went to the Bulls, I went, dang, nab it. Because <laughs> <laughs> the Bulls aren't necessarily known for like being going out there and spending money and getting players. Right. They've kind of been sitting back in the cut. Lonzo has been working on his game for, for, for years now. He came in the league as a as a, a high profile pick. Oh my god! A, I the mean, highest of that time. It was a, a borderline circus, and sometimes across the line with the antics of his father. But he, for the most part, has stayed under the radar. And after being traded from from the Lakers to the Pels, he's really been just like working on his game year by year. And it's very easy to look at him and say he's never been in a situation that was perfect for his development, yet he's been able to progress. Mm. And he, the deal is not that bad of a deal. They got him 
for a four-year, eighty-five million dollar a year deal. That's that's not that bad for no. for a player like him and the difference he can make. His his three point percentage has gone up. He is a quality outside shooter at this point, and I think his his the the amount of work he's put in year to year to for a young player. He's he's I think he's only like twenty three years old. Yeah, he's very young. Like he, this is somebody that you want on your squad. So that was my favorite signing. Um, for all those reasons, and also like I said, I wanted him in a next uniform. Yeah, <laughs> I really yeah. wanted to see it because um, that's just the type of guy that I want on my team. So that that's a great signing. I I like Lonzo Ball. Um, he has the ability to change the game for the better, and he rarely makes mistakes that like kill you. He's not a high turnover guy. Uh, maybe he has a little more misses than you would you would like, but as you said, he's improving, and uh, I loved loved the way him and Zion were playing. Yeah, together. they were really starting to come. They were own, really yeah. exciting, throwing those lobs. Uh, like basically full court alley oops to Zion. Yeah, yeah. Um, and in Chicago, he's gonna have uh someone he can do that with, and Zach Levine. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. throwing those alley oops to Zach, uh, it's gonna be a beautiful thing to watch. He's got the mind. Uh, ba- ba- Lonzo Ball's his head. Like he he's smart on the court. He's that's a very smart point for, guard. Yeah. I agree. Yeah. Uh, my favorite signing, um, is I think someone that has gone under the radar, not a huge name, but an all star. Uh. I like the signing of Kyle Lowry by the Heat. Yes. Um, <laughs> Kyle Lowry uh, may not be a household name. If you're an NBA fan, you, you generally know who Kyle Lowry is. But he's not a LeBron. He's not a Giannis. He's not Kevin Durant. But Kyle Lowry, NBA champion. Yes. Former All-Star. Uh-huh. Uh, he's scored uh, – he's averaged about 20 points a game in his career. Um, and – I think living in Canada uh, when he was with the Raptors for all those all those years kind of like took him out of people's um, orbit. You know, like he wasn't on TV a lot, uh, and except for the year that Kawhi was up there with them and they they won the title. But generally, he's not a uh, he's not a flashy guy, but he is a grinder. He gets the job done. He he will drive. He can score for you if someone's had an off night, and it's going to be really exciting to see him. Jimmy Butler and Bam Adebayo link up and and play down in there in South Beach. It's going to be fun to watch. It's, you know, I feel like he has that Miami Heat mentality. He sure does. Um they like the dogs down there in Miami. Mm-hmm. And he's a he is a a playmaker and he is a dog. He sure. And like he there are certain players that you're just like, "Oh, they belong with that team." Yeah. It's kind of like how I felt like when Jimmy Butler ended up in Miami. Yeah. And a lot of the times they're players that have been rumored to always be tied with the team. Like, oh, you know, th- so-and-so is dancing around this team or whatever it is. And when the when Kyle Lowry, when his name was being bandied around in Miami, came up again, that was the, t- that was the place where – that was the situation where I was like, I, that's a top five thing, free agent thing happening for me this year. If he can end up there, I'll feel really good. Um, he seemed to really kind of, he seemed that that gamer for for a town yeah. that we we still like. We we know what the reality of the modern NBA is. I'm o I have come to accept just like a lot of other NBA fans that 
the nature of the beast now is you're going to have a lot of marquee players playing for a lot of teams over their careers. And when their careers are over, we're going to kind of look at each other and wonder, well, where should their jersey hang? Should LeBron's hang in Miami, Cleveland, or L.A., or wherever he could play next? <laughs> LeBron's you know? should hang in all of those places. And that's guy. Kind of, LeBron is the type of player. They'll put, a, they'll put a statue for him outside all of them. All that being said... Um, Laurie was the guy who who was who who really was invested in the town in the city of Toronto and was a god up there. And you just feel good that he'll be going to a place like Miami that is a quality franchise. You know, he's not going to play for like OKC or some bullshit like that. You know, so absolutely, we love to see it. I am here with you. That was in my that was one of my top ones as well. Uh, okay, so now give me the signing that you like the least. So this was a tough one. Okay. Because, so one, because first of all, the thing that I like the least, um, I think technically it's not a signing, but a trade. So yeah, it could be a, it could be a trade, a signing. All right, and, all right. and also, if if you can't decide between one or the other, just give me both of them. So with a bullet. Russell Westbrook to the to the LA Lakers. Oh, I fucking hate it, man. You hate it, really? I, why? Tell me why. Tell me why. I don't. Get, and I know this is the common refrain. I'm not. I'm not reinventing the take wheel here. Okay. You turn on ESPN. You turn on FSN. You queue up any podcast or go to Twitter. This the refrain from a lot of people are. I don't get this, and that's that's where I am. I don't get this. I don't. I don't – Russell Westbrook appears to be the exact type of player that, like, LeBron James cannot fucking stand. He is – I'm not going to say he's, like, a J.R. Smith type player because that's – like, J.R. Smith, unfortunately, his mind for the game is not even – doesn't even hint at the ballpark of our Russell Westbrook. We're talking about an MVP, mm. right? Yes. Uh, Russell Westbrook, who I, I do – Brody, I do like Brody. Uh, nickname for Russell Westbrook for the uninformed. Um, yo, Russell makes poor decisions. He takes shots from deep when he is not a quality three-point shooter with plenty of time on the clock. He forces himself into situations for rebounds that he shouldn't. He does not appear to always make the smart basketball play. And that's not the type of player that LeBron tends to like to associate himself with. I understand what he could bring to the table and most likely why they signed him that he is a we we just talked about a gamer that dude will play until his fingernails and toenails peel off his body Mm -hmm. you'll have to drag his dead body off the court and those times where lebron is not able to play because they're arresting him you know yep they'll have russell there to come off, to 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 come in those situations and still push the team for those W's, but I don't know, man. I it's I, a it's a team of old heads and a lot of injuries, and I I just I just shake my head at it. But go ahead. Can I push back a little bit? Yes, please, absolutely. Okay, I like the Russell Westbrook signing, and I'll tell you why. Yes, he does make some bad decisions, especially late in the game. I think a lot of that poor decision-making is because generally on the teams that he's been on, he is the number one option. And, you know, it was not that way when he was with KD, uh, meaning like 
he when he was with Katie, he he would make those mistakes sometimes. But that was a little bit different era of his, of his career. It was early, and there was there was the narrative at that point that Katie didn't like to play with him because of some of his right. So I think deficits. with Russell Westbrook, he's still in amazing amazing shape. Maybe maybe one of the top three most athletic players ever. Um, he has the, the athletic skills still. I think what you're going to see with this Lakers team um, is a lot of um, uh, infamil and, and uh, oatmeal, <laughs> cream of wheat. <laughs> Uh, wow, <laughs> that that was an old person joke. Um, no, what, what what you're gonna see is, uh, I think you're gonna see him maybe tone down that poor shot making. I think having LeBron on the team, having um, Anthony Davis, being in the team with those guys, he doesn't have to be the number one option. He doesn't have to be the number two option. Uh, he has. All these guys on the team, and he doesn't have to be the guy that's taking eight threes a game. They sign Mello. They sign Kent Bazemore. One of the things that people were shitting on the Lakers for last year is that once LeBron and AD went down, they had no scoring. They had no shooters. LeBron being ball dominant, he needs shooters because he draws the double team all the time. Every play, he draws a double team. So that's leaving somebody open. He dishes that pass almost like no one else. Magic yeah, Johnson. Yeah, he's, he's a great passer. Yeah, absolutely. The person he passes to has to make the shot or else it's a failed possession. What the Lakers are doing is loading up on shooters, spot shooters, so that when they get the dish from LeBron or they get the dish from, from Westbrook, they can knock it down. That's what they were missing last year. We saw when when James and Davis were down, they were getting worked. They're, they had the, no their plus offense. minus off the off the when they weren't playing, especially LeBron was 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 horrible. It was, it was terrible. Horrible. And also LeBron has the unique skill of kind of like molding players to play the way he wants them to play. He is like he is like a Jupiter in that he pulls everything into his orbit. Right. I mean, we saw what he did, you know, Take Dwight Howard, for example, who the Lakers re-signed. Dwight Howard was an infamous player in every team in the league. Players hated playing with him until he had his stint with the Lakers and LeBron. He seemed to fit in with that team like really well, and he's still in tip-top shape. And I think guys get to a point in their career you know, especially when they get into their thirties, which damn near every player on the Lakers is right now. Uh, when they <laughs> mid get, to late thirties, yeah, when they get into that that quote unquote twilight of their NBA <laughs> career, they stop. It's it's less about self and more about team. You know, lo- those guys, Westbrook, uh, those guys are chasing a championship, and sometimes Carmelo also chasing a championship. Um. They're willing to put their ego aside and maybe do things that they wouldn't have done earlier in their career. When it, when Carmelo was a Nick, you and I and and every Nick fan was like, "Why can't this motherfucker play any defense? Why does he have to take a hundred shots a game, not going in for any rebounds?" You know what I mean? Like we we saw the potential 
in what he was bringing to the table. But it wasn't until his later years in Portland, in the Olympic years. And also when he, like, literally was out of the league. Right. Yeah. Right, he he was out of the league. They, they it, got him out of like was it Houston? Was he playing in Houston? Houston, and they were like, "Get him the they were fuck like, out of yeah, here." Yeah, we're good. Yeah. Uh, we're good. <laughs> and and, then he was and we're talking yeah. about somebody that's top ten in the NBA all time in scoring. Uh, when they were like, "We're good," because he hadn't yet accepted that role that he needs to be in at this point in his career. And I think Westbrook is going to be the same way on on the Lakers. I think. All those old heads together, they all know how to play the right way. It's just that now it's it's on all of them to to fit in that in that good chemistry and and make that happen. I just worry about the injuries. I I don't think Ross has been that healthy lately. LeBron, we know about last season. Anthony Davis is is, is, is appears to always be hurt. They just up and down the line. You know, you need shooting. We'll go up. We'll get Buddy Healed. Yeah, you know, and and I, and I I still see out there that they could get Buddy Hield, okay, um, but it just I don't know if uh, I don't know if Russell is that knockdown shooter. You know what I mean? Like he's not the guy. He's drive to the hoop. Right. They don't need the him to do that. I, I they don't I, need I, him yeah. to do that. They they signed. They but he's signed ball dominant as well. He is you know? ball dominant, but you know he can he can work with other ball dominant players as long as he's not taking those dumb shots. I, That's the key. We obviously we will see. And by the way, I I fully expect the Lakers to glide through the regular season, not have a high seating because they'll probably be doing a lot of game managing and so on and so forth. They may not even. I could see them top three in the West, but I wouldn't be surprised if they were not top three in the West. Um, and I'm just worried that the wheels are going to fall off when they need it in the playoffs, just like it just did. That that's my concern. Right. That that anytime you have a team that's um as old. As the Lakers. And and let's be it's clear. It's like us going on the, on, let, on the floor. <laughs> let's be clear. This is the oldest roster in NBA history. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> By quite a large margin as wow. well. So this is going to be a very interesting experiment that LeBron and Rob Palenka have going on in, in L.A. Um, but, of course, they're going to be, a, you know, must-see TV. It, oh, I 100%. Mean, the show, yeah. The amount of star power on that team right now is just through the roof. The er, can we call them the early bird special Lakers? Not the Showtime Lakers. I like it. The early bird Lakers. Early bird Lakers. All right. <laughs> All right so, what you got for so your – we haven't even gotten to your so, worst. So my worst signing, um, it's, it's not somebody that's uh, a superstar or anything, but he got a little more money than I was expecting, and I was like – uh, I don't know if this is the best way that this team can be spending their cash right now. Um, so my choice is Tim Hardaway Jr. Yeah, for dude. the Mavs. Um, they gave him four years, seventy-two million. That's a bag for him. It is a bag, and you know this is the second time where he's gotten a contract like this. Yeah. And now, now obviously, to us broke bitches, seventy-two <laughs> million is a king's ransom. But for an NBA player, it's kind of like middle of the road. Uh, but four years, $72 million can uh, handcuff you a little bit, especially when you're trying to build around your generational superstar in Luka Doncic. I don't know that Tim Hardaway Jr. is the guy that you want surrounding him. You know, 
I just think they could have spent it on maybe other type of players. Maybe you want another shooter. Um, maybe you want somebody who can play that pick and roll with him that's going to stay healthier longer than a KP is going to. Um, so I, I, I just didn't feel good about the signing. It's more money than I would want to pay Tim Hardaway Jr. But, you know, it's not, it's, I don't think it's going to really kill them in the long run, but I just think they could have spent it in a wiser way. I just look at, like, when you get into a guy like Tim Hardaway, he's a role player, you know, and it, it's right on, it's right on the edge of where you would want that salary to be. I could have seen, like, low teens or something like that, and yeah. maybe not as long of a time. Cause my concern is that, like, the big problem for them is going to be what they do with Chris Dobbs. Um, and how that that whole contract does not seem to be working out. And our mans, our Latvian king, does not seem to be the same player he was with all the injuries. And to offload that contract, which you have to assume they're going to want to do someday, maybe you try to couple it with with other stuff. And I, when you have somebody getting paid as much as Tim Hardaway, that's going to be a hard contract to maybe unload. I, that's my thing. Right. I don't know. Like I think maybe in the in, at some point, like you said, they're gonna want to maybe include him in a trade. Uh-huh, yeah, yeah. Oh, hey, take is, this. Is a team gonna want to pay that that huge contract for a guy that is dispensable? Yeah, you know what I mean. I, I wouldn't want to, but not not my favorite. I I was with. The, I thought he got a little too high of a contract. There. All right, yeah. now give me your sneaky good pick. I love sneaky shit. Yeah. Dude, I'm fucking sneaky. Yeah, sneaky as I'm fucking come. sneaky, bro. Yeah, like a fox. <laughs> Dude, I tell you. Uh, my sneaky good siding? Yeah. Patty Mills to the Brooklyn Nets. Oh. And the reason why I like it. So, first of all, the Brooklyn Nets, when you have a roster like they have, mm-hmm. um, their bench is not supposed to be. It's So, it's supposed to be like the Lakers. Right. Where they are so top heavy that, like, their bench is a bunch of fucking guys that are in and out of the league and going out, you know, like... Oh, getting paid like minimum salaries, this, that, and the third. Mm. Yo, the Nets bench is 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 quality, and you can see how why they were a team that was able to put together a roster that got them where they were before they signed the big contracts with Kyrie and Durant and. And uh, this past season, uh, trading for Harden, they were able to get three of three top ten players on the same team and still work out deals for somebody like Patty Mills, who has played for the Spurs, was able to really put together a quality career there. He's an off the bench ten point a game scorer. He's got. A top five or top seven catch and shoot three point percentage in the league with guys like Durant and Harden and shit like that. Yeah, seriously, dude. Someone's been. Looking I did. Up stats. I saw a stat. I saw a stat when I was doing my Patty Mills homework, and he, dude, two years, twelve million, six million dollars a year. They got Patty Mills for like that's the kind of shit. That's the that's the little move that is a difference maker late in the playoffs. When you need the guy to still have that heat, when you need to rest your Durants, your Hardens, when somebody may be injured and he maybe needs somebody to play some extra minutes, he's that guy for $6 million a year that you're just like, okay, this is the shit. That's that sneaky good shit, bruh. 
that is very sneaky good. And we saw how good Patty Mills can be in the Olympics. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, he led Australia to the win over uh, the USA. Um, they are now out of the Olympics, I believe. But um, you saw the type of potential. And we've seen him do work with the Spurs back in the day as well. And he does a lot of cool shit with his salary. He'll, like, donate it all the time to, like, oh, like, I think the, the, he donated his salary from the recent startup. From like the, the you know when we came back from COVID to like to uh, indigenous peoples or or, or African American well not African American communities necessarily because it's in Australia <laughs> it's probably not the African American community in fucking Australia um but he donates his salary a lot a good thing for but those are the types of guys that you want in your team that nice culture dude absolutely so my Brooklyn? my sneaky good pick is a guy that I desperately wanted the Knicks to sign. Oh, no! Desperately wanted them to sign. And, of course, they did not do that. <laughs> um, <laughs> but uh, an, a team that we've talked about already, that Miami Heat, did re-sign him. And that is Duncan Robinson. Yes, yeah, uh, yeah. Duncan Robinson got a five-year, $90 million deal uh, re-signing with, Brooklyn, uh, with uh, Miami. And, man... The reason I wanted him, this guy can shoot the lights out. Yeah. He is one of the best shooters in the NBA. Last year, he set the Heat record for most threes in a season. And in his third season in the NBA, set the record for the fastest player to ever reach 500 three-pointers. Last year, he shot, he made 613 uh, out of seven, seven. No, that's not right. Yeah, that's crazy. No, um, <laughs> I, I, read, I read that way wrong. It's like, no, like eighty no, no, some no, odd percent, three point no, percent. If you no. get high thirties, you're you doing something yeah, right. <laughs> this guy, uh, he was a uh, unbelievable three point shooter last year, and uh, this is somebody that really every team could have used. I'm I'm assuming he was highly sought after because um, spot up shooters are are so valuable in this league. Because the three-point shot has become such uh, like an important part of the game. And Duncan Robinson is a guy that everyone coveted. And why wouldn't he want to go back to the Miami Heat? With the moves they've made. I mean, they just got Kyle Lowry with Jimmy Butler, Bam Adebayo. Now you have Duncan Robinson. Man, Miami Heat, they are going to be tough. A tough team to beat. All those guys generally are pretty healthy, too. Um, so... I think in the East, they're going to have um, a very successful team. I believe they're going to make it to the playoffs. And and um, Duncan Robinson, what a what a player that guy is. So a couple um, uh, honorable mentions. Yes. Um, I did want to mention my, my honorable mention, I hated it, is the D-Rose contract with the Knicks. The D-Rose contract. And I, 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 to, I don't understand – why that long and why that much and who they're bidding against. So, so if I remember right, it was a three-year deal. It him? is three years, $43 million. Three years, $43 million. So I think with that deal, the three years is not bad because you're spreading out that contract over the course of three years. So um, even if you had to like release him after like year one or year two, you're, you're not really handcuffing yourself like payroll wise. Um, Generally, for a starting player, that is pretty cheap. Um, but I don't think he's starting. Uh, he was starting last year, yeah. He was starting in the playoffs, for sure. Well, that was before. 
I mean, we've gone over an hour into the podcast, mm. and we've barely talked about the New York Knicks, where we're about to have what could be a completely different starting lineup, including Kemba. <laughs> Cardiac Kemba. Cardiac Kemba, man. UConn's own, New York's own Kemba Walker. Um, we're about to feel the team. It looks like Evan Fournier, Car- Kemba Walker, R.J. Barrett. Um, maybe Noel, uh, New Orleans Noel will be one of the other starters. Um, or Mitchell Robinson. Um, I would love to see Mitchell Robinson. Back. I would too because that means a lot. That hopefully means that his development is continuing. Um, yeah, man. Uh, and of course, um, you know. Our most improved player, Julian. So, like, or Julius. So, I, 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 I don't see how Derek Rose is going to be starting over Kemba. No, he was you know? starting because because they had to, right? Because he had because to. Uh, what's his name? El, El, Elvin, uh, fucking Alfred Payton. Yeah, was garbage, trash, trash, trash factory. So, I understand. I get it. I just don't understand who they were bidding against. The other, but I do get bringing him back. Culture. He was good for the team. All that stuff. Um, sneaky good. I like the Malik Monk over in LA. I do oh, like the Malik yeah. Monk signing nice. over there. And shout out to a couple kings who secured that motherfucking bag. Steph Curry. Ooh. Oh, $215 million extension. And that snake in the grass, Trey Young. You bastard. But drinks are on you. Fuck Trey you Young. You fucking asshole. He is- Dirty rich right now. Two hundred and seven million dollar rookie extension. Yo, shout out to Steph Curry, only player in history to sign two two hundred yeah. plus million dollar deals. They're gonna put four statues of him outside that arena, man. They sh- they better they yeah. better do it. Um, he was uh he he got the bag and he deserves every penny of it and more. Um, the things he can do with the basketball and look, the the Warriors didn't do shit last year, but they did not have a full squad. Curry was out most of the year. Clay Thompson was out the whole year, so. We didn't really see them at full strength, but we know what they can do oh, God. when they're they're at full strength, and it's is um, record scary. It's, it's scary it's, what they very can do. scary. Uh, Trey Young, much as I hate that motherfucker, deserves the bag. Yeah. Um, he's he did things for Atlanta last year that nobody thought that they could do. Um, he took them to to the conference finals. Yeah, and it was, unbelievable. It was a, an amazing run and. Not only did did they give Trey Young the bag, but they re-signed John Collins. Yeah, so and, he got a pretty and, good payout too. Right, so yeah. you have a great young team down there in Atlanta. Your two star players, uh, you just paid them. You got to worry and, about it. And and now it's you know forming that team around them. They still have Bogdanovich. You know, I, I think they still have Gallinari. So it's like they're going to continue their success. I think from last year, um, hopefully not too much, but um, <laughs> you know, I think they're gonna, they're going to be. Um, in the playoffs for the foreseeable future. Yeah, yeah. As long as he stays healthy and all that good stuff, we should yes. continue to see that balding bastard shooting the lights out down yes. there at Atlanta. One uh, honorable mention for me as well, uh, the Bulls signing DeMar DeRozan. DeMar DeRozan, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, that, you know, with Levine and... Um, uh, uh, Lonzo. Lonzo. Uh, that's going to be a very interesting team up there in Chicago. Yeah, it is. That, um, for a team that really hasn't been a factor in really much of anything in a, in a little while. Right, you know? quite a long time. Um, So you have a lot of people switching switching. Squads. Hakeem Noah and D. Rose might have been <laughs> playing yeah, over there last time. That was probably the last time, time, they, made it, you know? time they were relevant. 
Didn't so, that kid from New London play over? Didn't he? I think yeah, he got, yeah, Chris yeah, yeah, Dunn. Yeah. And Chris Dunn, Chris yeah. Dunn actually was just traded to the Boston Celtics last week. Oh, wow. Okay. So, That's nice. Uh, yeah. It's, uh, he's going to be back in the hometown. Yeah, look at that. And uh, it's, it's going to be great for him. So big, big week in the NBA. Shit, it's man. Not it's over, still going, yeah, man. It's not over We're yet. We're still doing shit. We're still going to have movement. We're still going to have signings, pot- trades potentially. Randall so, hasn't so, re-signed yet. Yeah, with Randall the next... hasn't signed. Kawhi Leonard is still a free agent. Oh, come on. <laughs> Look, hey, we never know what's going through his head. He is, he is the basketball I, Kanye. That, you know what the, I mean? That's actually a really interesting comparison. You know, yeah, he yeah, doesn't yeah. speak much. He doesn't speak at all, and really. Only to Uncle John or whatever. Uncle Tony or whatever. But, you know, the word is that he is looking to re-sign with the Clippers. However, you never know how something can go when he's a free agent. Somebody else steps up, makes a deal, or he, uh, you know, the Clippers do or say something he's not down with, or they don't agree to something, things could take a turn. You never know. Well, I think they basically have some kind of gentleman's agreement over there, and he wouldn't make them mortgage their future and all that shit for a guy that... He he comes to the table with a lot of uh, uh, medical baggage, and he literally doesn't even tell the team <laughs> what, what his medical issues even are. So I agree, Kanye of the NBA, great, great, great take. But um, I think he's back in Clipsland. All right. So from going from the NBA, where we have player after player securing the bag, uh, let's let's talk about a topic that has been. On all of our minds, all of our noses and lips and <laughs> in the form of masks, it's been the prevailing topic and zeitgeist mover, cultural mover, global economy eradicator, that being the COVID pandemic. And all of a sudden, it being this thing where we thought we had made it. We thought we had gotten through, quote unquote, the worst of it. And while we may have gotten through the worst and now still appears to be a thing that I still have to worry about, Willis, is it possible for you right now mm-hmm. to talk me off the fucking ledge? Ah. <laughs> uh... <laughs> I don't know. Do you That's need to maybe know order. how high the ledge is, yeah. how far out on the ledge I am, and what kind of spice I'm spitting as I'm looking down at the curb? Right. So when when you are gazing out, <laughs> yeah, over the the ledge, yeah, oh yeah. Um, what exactly are you seeing as far as landscape? Like, what what does it look like down at the bottom? Down at the bottom is a collection of anti-mask wearing, vaccine-hesitant motherfuckers who will not cushion my blow as I plummet back down to earth. Um, so they're not going to save me as I jump off the ledge, and they're clearly not saving us as a literal human civilization now where we just need them to get a little fucking pinprick and we'd all be better for it. Um, excuse me if I'm being slightly not trivializing. 
Yeah, I guess that is. Uh, trivializing those who may be vaccine hesitant and may have real, true, valid issues with getting the vaccine. But I'm, I'm, my patience is gone. My patience is gone. It's worn. It's not even worn thin. It's gone. It's it's evaporated into nothing. Right. So I I guess where I'm at with this is like, I still see people that are arguing against getting the vaccine. They're still making the same like flawed arguments. And with me, it's like a lot of a lot of those people, for example, will say, you know, I'm waiting, I'm waiting to do my own research. Or I'm I'm I have questions. Or I have um you know, I, I'm untrusted. I, I don't trust the people giving us the information. And with me, so so if you tell me that you have questions, Felix, if you tell me I don't want to go to this restaurant, mm. we have we have dinner plans. I I the, love dinner the, plans. The four of us. Let's make some sometime. Your your wife, my oh, girlfriend, beautiful, you and I. No kids? No kids. You had me at fucking hello. That's right. A new restaurant opens up in oh, town. man. This is actually... I'm actually looking forward. This is cool. The restaurant is of unknown cuisine. Ooh. The restaurant is called... Door. <laughs> the fuck? Right? D- yeah, I'm here. Door. I'm, I'm going on this trip for door. you. Door. Let's we, go to door. Let's go to door. Listen, we don't know anything about door. Wait, let's let's Google it. Okay. Oh, oh, here's the menu. Oh, mm. it, it has some things. Uh, sounds some w- sounds pretty good. Got some wings. Sounds pretty good. Breadsticks. Let's go to door. We Super we looked it up. Super did the jour. research. We went. Can I ask you something? We had yes. Yeah. Go ahead. Did you just literally look on the room and see a door? And that's uh, why you named the, the restaurant. That came up in that's the- why you named yeah. the restaurant Door. Yes. Uh, but and also most restaurants have doors. Uh, <laughs> Motherfucker, okay. mo- so, all buildings and structures have sure, doors. Sure, sure. So we go to this restaurant and we enjoy it. All right? restaurants have doors. We had questions. Yeah. We found the answers to those questions because we went and we because we went experienced it. Maybe we maybe we asked. Um, someone that had been there. How was your? How was it? The point of this is, if you have legit questions about the vaccine, the answers are very accessible, and they're all around you. They're everywhere. If you go to any walk-in clinic, any hospital, any um family doctor anywhere that you know offers healthcare services they have always been more than willing to answer questions for you um just about every healthcare facility has informational uh whether it's like a packet or a video my my healthcare uh unsolicited sent me emails with covid-19 vaccine uh, frequently asked questions, things like where did it come from, how was it developed, how long did it take to become developed, what does it do, 
all these are questions, legitimate questions, that someone may have about the vaccine. At this point of the pandemic, you cannot continue to say you have questions because that means that you're not looking for the answers just, to those you're, questions. You're just you're not interested in the answers. You're not interested in the answers. And any answers that you could get, you're not you're you refuse to trust the source. Right. So the person who is like, I, I have questions, we have all the fucking answers that you may have. Okay? That's number one. Number two, listen, like unless you're out there doing the experiments yourself, fuck off. Unless you're going back, like, unless you're like, Felix, I have questions. And actually, you know what? I'm in a laboratory right now in my basement. I'm trying to answer those questions. You're not. Yeah, listen. People have spent hundreds of millions of dollars doing epidemiology research. Um, There has been clinics, laboratories, people in our personal orbits that have worked on this vaccine. People that you know. In the in this area, Westerly, Stonington, Mystic, this is not some some thing that's unaccessible to us. We know because Pfizer is based 15 miles from here. Many of our friends and family work there, and we've seen them go to work every day, working tooth and nail on this. So this is not some um, made up vaccine it's not going to put a fucking microchip in. stop with the so, dumb bullshit here's my thing like they don't keep the same energy for fucking anything else like you know who so i i work in mental health and substance mm. use a significant portion i would say that it's across the board i have seen in in my experience and maybe other people could report similarly it's about 50 50 no matter what what room i'm in if I'm at work, half my clients got it. Half my clients don't want anything to fucking do with it. With my coworkers, half my half my coworkers got it. The other half don't want anything to do with it. Boy Scouts, friends groups, anywhere I go, half of everybody's like, let's do this shit. The other half is like, y'all are crazy and you're getting fucking microchips plugged into you from Bill Gates, right? And specifically, with, when we talk about my clients... We're talking the ones who are actively abusing. I will say this: the ones who are the most unhealthy in their use patterns, they're the ones who are most hard in the paint. <laughs> Anti-vaccine, motherfucker! You are shooting fentanyl into your eyeball, but you don't want the vaccine. Yeah. Um. All these people I see out there who are just don't want to get it for their reasons, and they're never going to get it. I do understand that there has been an uptick. In vaccinations since the Delta variant has hit these streets. Um, I saw somewhere that it's like, okay, yeah, 70% increase in new vaccinations. This is the type of numbers we need to see because less than half of the United States population was vaccinated. And that's the fucking problem. You can't do anything when less than half of the population is vaccinated. So uh, everything that I've seen... so. Uh, the reason why I feel so strongly and am as, am as affected by what has been happening on this planet for the last year and a half is because there is nothing about what I've seen with COVID that makes me feel anything good about, <laughs> about us, about 
this entire fucking human experiment on this planet. We completely fumbled this one. Country to country. There was almost no instance across the planet where we did this right. Where we were able to harness the contagion. Um, cordon off and, and seclude those who were um, who were infected by it. And effectively manage this outbreak. Country to country. Uh, uh, continent to continent. We fucked this up. And it is a year and a half into it. We have a vaccine. Over half the planet don't want it or can't get it. And I'm not saying that we're all going to die of COVID. What I am saying is this was the practice for this show. I don't, I'm not, I don't even know what it's going to be. I'm not saying it's going to be a, um, a, a pandemic. It could be a war. It could be something. I don't fucking know. It could be aliens. Whatever it is, we cannot come together on a thing anymore. We are fucked. We cannot come together on a single solitary motherfucking thing. We are way too partisan. We are far too pushed to the sides. And there is far too much incentive in dividing us where I don't see a way where the next thing that comes along that is really, really bad, whether it's another politician like a Trump, but smarter and more effective, or another pandemic that is more contagious and far more deadly, we're not going to do it, Willis. I'm sorry. Yeah. Keep me in this bunker, bro. And the thing that that is really... um it really gets me is well i understand how it became politicized you know like the previous president you know due to his narcissism and and basically just wanting things to look good for him as soon as things started going south with this his denial of what was really happening and then subsequent um uh poo-pooing on mask wearing and and the whole the whole thing you know his Followers were going with whatever he was saying, and he, and that, he he'll politicize a ham sandwich, right? Even he though, will he will make though, your decision on a ham sandwich make you either hate or love your neighbor, right? And, and so unbelievable. And the facts aside, you know, the dude got the vaccine. Let's let's be clear. Trump got the vaccine. Okay. The fact that every single piece of this, you mean he got. It. I he mean, got he the got vaccine. the fucking shot. Oh, that's the thing. All these motherfuckers telling you that it's fucking microchip and telling you, well, you know what they're going to do. They all got the fucking shots, right. people. Um, so, like, just yesterday I saw Lindsey Graham come out. And, dude, yeah, he was one of Trump's most ball-lickingest supporters that there was. He must have. Did he and, catch it in Provincetown? Yeah. <laughs> Quite possibly, I'm not sure. Uh, but he uh, on the came out yesterday and was like, listen, I had COVID. And I am so glad that I got the shot. And I encourage everybody else to get the shot that hasn't got the shot. Because it doesn't really hit you until shit goes sideways with you. Whether it's an elderly person. Obviously, Lindsey Graham is elderly, but... You know, there's been cases now with this Delta variant that is, it's A, super contagious, 
like the chicken pox, which we know is is very contagious, and B, herpes. It's not just um, relegated to adults anymore. Um, children and babies are getting the Delta variant, and you know this is not something where you can just explain off and say, "Oh, the you know the kids have good immune system; they, we don't have to worry about it." This is this is something that is is just as serious as it always was. We know people personally where the entire family just got COVID, including their like very young baby. And I saw them post today that there are people in their lives who don't believe them that their baby got sick because that's how absolutely like untrustworthy of sources and and other people's experiences that they are, that we have now, they look at the people in their lives and say, I don't believe you that your baby has COVID. What the fuck are we doing, man? So that's my, th- you're right when you're like, you don't know it until you've experienced it. The problem is, is that then a person experiences it and it doesn't matter like who they are to another person. There's a person in their life who's like, nah, I don't believe you. Like they, they just, they're so in denial and in and and buying into the conspiracy theories right. for and that's, unbelievable reasons. That's where we are at this point. Like you said earlier, everything everything is now politicized, and it's gone from you know twenty years ago. The CDC said, "Listen, um, there's this really deadly disease out there. It's called um, it's called uh, Joe Smith syndrome." And if you if you get Joe Smith syndrome, um, you have the uh, the the possibility that your right arm will fall clean off your shoulders. It's my jack off arm. We right. So it's it's a very valuable tool to many, many people. Come on. We recommend everyone uh, take this shot and it will say it will it will cause you to not lose your arm. You may, you may come up with some sniffles, cold. It will not develop into an infection and lose your arm. I think people would have would have not questioned it at all. You're talking about like... I, I'm talking about like 20 years ago. Yeah. Like before we got to this point in American society. And what the where, fuck happened? Well, I think people, you know, I I really can't stand like blaming it on like one person but the phenomenon and the ability of politicians to basically like push you to one side or the other you know and that's kind of where we are as a society right now unfortunately you know you kind of follow the the people you want to hear from you know what i mean yeah like, echo chamber right it's an echo chamber and with something that's super dangerous no matter if you're left leaning right leaning whatever like it's it's super important to excuse me to get the best advice all the time and and part of that means listening to people who have expertise knowledge if i want to get advice on financial planning I'm not going to ask, you know, somebody that is broke. You know (laughs) what I mean? I'm not going to ask 
somebody uh, about uh, I'm not going to ask the weatherman about building a house. You know what I mean? Like, what the fuck does he know about building a house? Mm-hmm. Same as we see online. You know, you might see a celebrity say, you know, I, I got questions about the COVID vaccine. Or you might see celebrities say, oh, you should get it. Stop taking advice from people on Facebook or people on Twitter or people on Instagram or celebrities that are have no experience in any of these areas. People too often get see something that they agree with and then turn around and spit that out as facts or advice. Or that they want to agree with because it supports their predetermined right the predisposed position right you know, yeah yeah so like you know <sighs> i had two incidents that happened with me last week that i was like okay yeah we're fucked the first one wasn't as bad this when i heard about the second thing i was like we're done and there's no coming back um the first one was i was at boy scout camp and i had an uh somebody that volunteers with my with my boy scout troop um a young man who had come to visit us at camp multiple times already. And each time he came, he wore his mask and got the COVID test and was approved to come down to camp. For whatever reason, this young man decided on day four or three of him visiting us that he wasn't going to wear his mask. And a place that, like, he... If he... Camp Yagu to Boy Scouts, especially us in this area... It's it's a, a a holy place. I have somebody in my troop um, uh, who is studying in the Vatican. The dude is literally out in the Vatican, and he FaceTimed with us, and he was like, if I could be anywhere, I'd be at that campsite right now because it's a holy place for us. And this young scout who came to visit us was just so whatever in his in his bag, not wanting to wear his mask, that he let that interfere with him spending the day at camp with us. Now, that's a minor thing, but it was still a thing like, man, you can't fucking wear your mask a year and a half in, bro. Come on. The second strike for me was when I got back to work. And I will make this story very, very short. Suffice to say, um, while I was away at camp, um, we my clinic had to call the Willimantic police. And I'm going to put the Willimantic police on blast right fucking now. Because this is like the third or fourth incident I've had with them, which tells me that they ain't worth the fucking fabric that their bullshit badges are, st- are fucking stapled or fucking badge magic to. We had to, they had to call the police for a separate incident. The police showed up and the policeman was not wearing a mask. Now we are a medical facility. You're required to wear masks in all medical facilities throughout this great nation of ours. The policeman entered our facility without a mask. He was asked to wear one. He refused. This was a policeman who was called to give aid to my, the, the people who worked at my clinic, showed up without a mask, and then refused to put one on. They had to ask him to leave the building. And throughout the incident, he was unable to enter the building because he wouldn't put on a fucking mask. That, when I heard that story when I got back to work, I was like, we are not going to make it. <laughs> and the, the problem here is the pandemic is not COVID-19. The pandemic is not the COVID-25 whatever, or the Delta variant or whatever the next thing is going to be. The pandemic is misinformation. 
The pandemic is cruelty and selfishness and conspiracy theories and bullshit and, and backing into your corner and refusing to change your mind for anything and make it a decision for yourself regardless of how it could negatively affect other people. You're a fucking cop. And listen, it's well established this podcast is not necessarily waving the LED blue, li- blue fucking lives matter flag. But when you're a cop and you refuse to put on a mask when you enter a medical facility... How about if I go into somebody's home or I go through a Dunkin' Donuts drive through and they're like, please put on a mask. I put it on. Just out of common fucking courtesy. My big thing is this, this virus asked us to do the least. Put on a mask. Get a fucking free shot. Stay away from people for a little while. We couldn't do it. We couldn't do the bare minimum. You talked about 10 or 15 years ago what we would have done if there was a Joe Smith disease that made you lose your arm. Your grandparents and great-grandparents did what, had to sacrifice their fathers, brothers, and sons in wars to get through what they got through. And we can't put on a mask for them because <laughs> they were the motherfuckers dying in droves for the past year and a half. I have this concern about the human condition and, and our ability to adapt, right? So the human human species is very adaptable. We're the only animal that essentially is unchanged, like in our form and function, and we'll live in the fucking tip top of tip top of Alaska or the fucking like rainforests of Africa, like just by figuring out how to build different huts or or different igloos and putting on more or less clothing. Um, there's no other animal like that. If there's an animal in Alaska and it's the same kind of animal in Africa, it's a completely looks different. It's a, <laughs> might as well be a different right. bird. One's got it's hair, the other it's one literally a penguin, penguin yeah. versus a parakeet. Like, right. sure, they're both birds, but like, are they really? Um, and that adapt, that ability to adapt to life threatening situations is one of the, is, is part and parcel the reason why we've been able to make it the way we've made it. For the past hundred years, the repercussions for our decisions haven't necessarily led to the deaths or harm for ourselves. Very often, they lead to death or harm for other people. And I, for me, as soon as we took away the threat of death, and I'm not, by the way, I'm not saying we just go back. I'm not saying pull the plug, um, you know, bl- like the end of Fight Club, all go back to zero. <laughs> but what I'm saying is we haven't figured out how to make changes in our lives where the the repercussions for not making changes is not going to lead to me dying or me being seriously harmed. It just might seriously affect my neighbor's grandpa. Like as soon as that's the the outcome for us and as soon as we can make a decision make a envision a situation where we won't be affected, which is what we fool ourselves into thinking, it won't be us. It won't be me, it'll be somebody else or it won't be anybody. We aren't able to adapt like we were. And wide swaths of this country didn't change anything for the past year and a half. And that's why we're still fucking dealing with this. Um, to be completely clear, the chances of you catching and dying from COVID, if you have the vaccine, is astronomically atom level low. Um, right now, the uh, figures for those who are hospitalized with the Delta variant and who, the, who have the vaccine is 0.004%. 0.004%. The odds of you getting hit by a fucking 
uh, hippopotamus driving bus while not wearing a seatbelt is probably higher. Can you check the, can you check the, the books on that, the stats yeah, on that? Yeah, yeah. Oh, thank you. Me... All right, thank you. Um, 0.004%. So if you have the vaccine, you have a 0.004% of ending up in a hospital. I'll take those uh, fucking odds. Hippopotamus bus driving death, 0.08. Wow. So yeah, I was right. You were right. So I was right. I was right. I was right. Thank you. So... That's my. That's the thing here. I'm not saying that COVID is going to kill us all. Because guess what? If you're vaccinated, you're the the data showcases you're going to be fine. What I'm saying is the next thing that's worse, you're not going to be fine. You're not going to be fine. We're not going to be fine. Sorry. So I agree with all that. And and <laughs> which there was, part? There was one one more aspect of this that I want to touch on very uh, somewhat quickly. Uh, <laughs> Good luck with that. And and that is. In these vaccination numbers, we see um, world worldwide generally in the more "quote unquote" affluential uh, continents. I'm speaking of Europe, North America. Um, the doses administered per hundred people: um, eighty-eight for Europe, eighty-five for North America. Um, part of this is accessibility. Um, you know, in in America, we have three different vaccines that you can basically pick from. Um, you can get them at your nearest CVS. You can get them at your nearest public school. You can get them at any hospital in the country. Um, when you look at other countries, South America, Asia, those numbers start to go down. Um, we were looking at 63, 59 people per 100 dose. Now, when I look at Africa, I see 5.3 people per 100 that has received a dose. Mm. Um, This is a huge, huge problem. Um, A lot of the countries that have access to vaccines, specifically uh, in North America and Europe, this is where these vaccines are being developed. And part of the problem is that these vaccines are not getting to Africa. They're not getting to poorer countries. And those countries have to rely on basically it's like a vaccine sharing system. It's called COVAX. And they're relying on them to to wait, basically wait to to get the vaccine to them. Um 84% of the shots that have gone into arms worldwide have been administered in high and upper middle class countries. Only 0.3% of doses have been administered in low income countries. So what we're seeing here is a complete segregation when it comes to people that have access to COVID vaccines and people that don't. And we're also seeing that it's basically a worldwide um, segregation. Yeah, it's, it's, it's a trend. <laughs> it, it's a trend. Um, this, this is a, a huge problem to the point where the WHO today said, um, you know, we've been hearing in, in America, we've been hearing, oh, well, um, you know, there, you may need a booster shot at some point if you had, you know, the two, say you got the Pfizer, you got the two Pfizer shots. 
may, you may need a booster shot in the future. The WHO, the World Health Organization, is saying, yo, let, let's just pump the brakes on the mm-hmm. booster shot until we can get a first shot in everybody. You know what I mean? There's people in Africa that haven't sniffed a vaccine yet. And they won't until the end of the year or next year. You know, there's so many people in the U.S. They said there's 87 million people that have the ability to get the shot but have not gotten it. 87 million. There's people in Africa that are literally dying to get the shot. So we need more access to those countries. We need those companies, Pfizer, Moderna, Johnson and Johnson. They need to be sharing. And, and those are just the pharmaceutical companies in America that are making it. There's other companies around the world that are also making the shot. The problem is it's not getting to where it needs to get to. I'm looking at a map right now of the world. And I'm looking at, um, it's basically a vaccine, vaccine dose. And according to my eyes, it's looking like every other country has plenty of access except the African countries. So we need, um, those countries need help. They need access to the vaccine. And we need more of a concerted effort to distribute the vaccine to those countries. Um, All that being said, it's not those unvaccinated countries that are the problem right now. It is a problem, but the bigger problem is those people that have access to the vaccine and they're choosing not to get it for whatever dumb fucking reason. And it, all due respect, um, you know, I, I, I do feel like I have people in my life who have not gotten a vaccine and they are staunch anti-vaccine, like they don't trust anything about it and they would rather drive themselves off a cliff um, than get the vaccination. Um, I see y'all putting other things in your body. I see you. I see you over there, mm-hmm. including, and I'm going to revisit an old joke. I see that some of you are putting each other in each other's bodies. And I'm almost going to say it. You don't know where, where, where they've been. But you, but come on now. Mm-hmm. Let's just look at. I saw a tweet the other day. It was like, yo, the generation that was like, Papa Molly, I'm sweating. Sure does seem to be hesitant about popping a vaccine. You know, come for on real, now. Um, I'm looking over a map. Dude, it's, 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 it's terrible. Like. United States, 54%. Canada, rock out, man, 68%, you know, vaccinated. Israel, 65%. You get into Africa, Kenya, two. As in one, two, two percent of Kenyans are vaccinated. South Africa, 5%. The rest of like African nations, there's not even a number. I think that's because they don't, they haven't straight up gotten it. Like there's not enough to even chart. Um, so yeah, that that's that is that is scary. It is something that as long as that remains a factor in all this, we're never going to get through this. At least not well, or maybe the developed countries were, but the world will not. And unfortunately, 
or fortunately, we're a global uh, system that is more, ever more reliant on each other than ever before. Um, I will say I am absolutely here for vaccination requirements. This is the first time in decades I've seen people pissed off about being required to get a vaccine. I remember when I went to college, when I went off to UConn, you, 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 UConn. When I went to UConn, I was required to be vaccinated on certain things. Nobody batted an eye, uh, right? I think in New York, they just announced that in order to go to certain, uh, I don't know if this is uh, enacted yet or if it's going to get any roadblocks, but if you want to go to restaurants, gyms, theaters. it starts like a month from now. All right, you have to be vaccinated. I am fucking here for it. That is the only, so this Delta variant hit an uptick. Because I will say there's a good amount of people specifically where I work, clients that were like, meh, I'm not against it. I just haven't gotten around to it yet. So the I haven't gotten around to it yet and I'm kind of men's amends about it. They're getting it now because of the Delta variant. They're like, all right, it's been a year and a half. All y'all have got the vaccine. Your arms aren't falling off. I think we're good. Um, if I'm so worried about Bill Gates tracking me, well, guess what you got in your pocket? Mm-hmm. Uh, way too late for that, motherfucker. You done Yo. screwed the pooch there. Yeah. Look, if, if you shred your iPhones, bitches. <laughs> like, yeah. come on now. I don't want to. I don't want to hear that argument from anybody. Unless you're walking around with a flip phone, then no. then you are being tracked. If you're posting on Facebook that concern, I got bad news for you. That's right. I got. I got. I got something to let you know about. Um, and last but not least, um, just say force the vaccinations. That's the, I, I, I don't give a fuck. You can choose not to get vaccinated, but you are not going to sit at a table next to mine at a restaurant. You are not going to send your fucking kid to the daycare that my kid goes to. You are not going to go to the movie theater that I'm going to. We're done here. We're done messing around with y'all motherfuckers trying to play fast and loose with all of our lives. Yo, so... There's there's a number of deadly diseases that are around. You know you know what's super fucking deadly? Measles. Sucks. Measles. Measles. Anti measles podcast. Yo. MMR. Measles, mumps, rubella. Get out of here. Ever heard of it? Have you ever had it? Ever had it? Probably not. Probably. You know why? I think I know why. Why? Because you got that motherfucking vaccine and you didn't think twice about That's it. That's right. And you didn't think twice. As a kid, your parents didn't think twice about it either. You know why? Because you had to. It's one of the biggest... You know what? Fuck it. It doesn't matter. Because there's nothing we could say or do for those who are anti-vax to, that will get it. There's no information. There's no data. There's no hypocritical thing that they do that we could say, Oh, you worried about getting tracked? We'll get off fucking Instagram. There's nothing we could say. You know what we could say? You get it. If you don't get it, you can't do this. You gonna cry about it? Go cry on fucking parlor. I don't want to fucking hear. It. See me in fucking eight chan, bitches. I'm done with y'all. <laughs> Straight up, man. That, that's that's pretty much all we got to say about this. I don't shit. know you what know else to say. Like, there is nothing else that we can say to to. Uh, I, you know, we're not even really trying to talk anybody into it. We're just trying to say, look, your bullshit excuses are 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 just that bullshit. Damn we shit. we bullshit. cannot hear any more of your arguments. There's nothing you can say to validate your feelings um, for not getting it, all right? And now they care about choice. Now they care about personal choice. Right. You know what's my personal choice? Chugging a bottle of whiskey and getting in a car. You know what that has to do with COVID is that 
the decisions I'm making to not get a vaccine doesn't just affect myself, but the people around me. And if I decide to get lit and get in a car, it's no longer affecting me. It's affecting people around me. I'm in danger to the people who live in my community. Guess what? You anti-vaxxers. That's you. Felix. My guy. I am so glad that we were able to share this space in the bunker of truth. Dude, the bunker of truth holds it down we forever, are back. man. Dude, do you feel do you feel good? Do you feel strong? I feel energized. You, are you thriving right now? I, am I throbbing? I, that- t- I said thriving, sir. Oh, oh thriving. But the response <laughs> implies to me, yes, no doubt you are you are throbbing, my guy. Wow. All of the above. Well, let me tell you, um, having that week off gave me a moment to reflect. Um, you really start to think about uh, what you have and what you don't have and what you could always lose. And by golly, am I glad to be back in here. I didn't lose you, buddy. You'll never lose me, my man. And, uh, and just because I didn't say it last week, I'm going to say it twice. I love you. I love you. I love you too. I love you too.